Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. I'm here with two of my super pals. First, the man that is the greatest Smallville podcaster of all time, Frank Ramblings. How are you doing, Frank? Hey, how you doing, buddy? It's good to be here. I'm doing excellent. And the greatest teacher in the history of Hill Valley, in the history of all things <laughs> throughout time, Mr. Tim Gannon. How are you doing, sir? It was a big jump from Hill Valley to all time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all time. Perfect things. All things come together and coalesce because I love talking to these two guys about Superman. And today we're going to talk about Superman Space Age. Uh, this comes to us from Mark Russell and Michael Allred. So I have a lot to say about this book, and I know my two super friends do as well. Um, if you didn't know, you can catch these guys having a, an occasional beverage over at beerwithgeeks.com. Uh, they have a whole ton of, I would say they have a Kryptonian library full of audio content that you can consume over at Thought Bubble. Is it Thought Bubble Audio? dot net dot uh, com. com i'm sorry thoughtbubbleaudio.com yeah. i have all the links in the show notes but they have recorded the uh like so much audio goodness they've given to the world i'm just happy <laughs> to have them here so that they can contribute to the vectorverse um, i am vector if you didn't know the host of the vectorverse where we talk about superheroes and star wars and this week we're talking about superheroes the greatest perhaps the greatest superhero of all time Superman. Um, so I want to get into your experiences with this book, um, how you how it came to your attention, and then uh, we'll get into your thoughts. So, Mr. Tim Gannon, let's uh, let's start with you first. How did you first hear about Superman Space Age? I think it was just one of those like because I, I read digitally. Um, I'll read through Comicsology or I guess just Kindle now. Um, but uh, I think it just popped up in one of the like this book is new, but I really mm. like Mark Russell's Flintstones. Yes, um, yes. And so I said, oh, I want to read this because I like the Space Age, I like Superman, and I like Mark Russell, and I like Michael Art too. So it was like really just a good Venn diagram mm. of like middle section for me. Yes. Uh, and so I think I read it before both of you guys too, right? I believe um, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Because I read it again for this. This is my second time through yes. it. Oh, yes. Nice. Man, I can't wait for my second uh, reading of this. Unfortunately, because of uh, small children, I don't have as much 
comic reading time as I used to. So I have to kind of plan out my reading and specifically, usually it's for this podcast, but I had a chance to read this uh, for the first time right before we started recording, but I want to get my man, Frank ramblings. I want to get your uh, experience with Superman space age. Um, How did this come across your desk? Yeah, this came across my desk. I heard about it from Tim uh, and, and was I, because similar similar small children also keeping me from uh reading as as much as i would like and and honestly it's been it's been a while since i've been uh you know current on uh on what's going on in 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 comics today um yes. but but i try to i try to catch the the events or or good uh, uh shorter stories as they as they come along and this one sounded amazing and also yes i read it i read it for 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 our conversation today and boy am i glad we picked this I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk to you boys because I, I also, the last time you joined me here in the Vectorverse, we talked about my adventures with Superman, the Superman anime. And I was thinking about it today, how this book is like one of those, like my adventures with Superman, like reimaginings of Superman that we get every couple years that kind of, you're looking at the same thing that we've loved for so many years, but from a different angle, a different perspective. And there are comics that come along every couple years, every, you know, um, every once in a decade, I should say that we just, man, like Superman for all seasons is like one of those books where I'm like, I just look back at it and say, I love this perspective. One day we need to talk about Superman for all seasons, because I think Tim, we were chatting in our group chat that we have and, we were talking about my like favorite Superman stories of all time. And for me, for all seasons is one of those ones that just genre defining generation defining. And this book, Superman space age, I think is also going to be one of those ones that I look back on. Like it feels like it's already timeless. It just came out last year. We're already in 2024 as we record this, but this book just came out. It was three books um, that, we're, we're releasing and combining to this. And I'll tell, tell you real quick, my first, uh, I guess the way that it came across my uh, understanding was Michael Allred. His art immediately stands out to me. So when I saw that first book get released, and it was that first image, the cover image of Superman holding the world, basically. And I said, whoa, Michael Allred on Superman. I love, these are two great taste that tastes great together so i said i got to jump in on this and i was not disappointed um i i guess since tim you were the 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 first to read it and you've read it the most can you give us a small synopsis like what is this book about superman space age sure um it the book is about the the life of superman if he um, if he landed in Kansas in the 1940s, post-World War II, um, and he emerges as Superman uh, just uh, after the assassination of JFK. And it pretty much takes us through about 20 years of Superman's existence on the Earth that he's in. And But he experiences like events i guess like world events and so there's stuff that has so it's jfk assassination it's the cold war it's watergate um and all these things and you're viewing it through his lens as clark the reporter and also as superman the outsider 
Um, and that's and I don't know. Are we going full spoilers like yes, on this? Let's go right yeah. off the bat. Full spoilers. If you haven't read it, we already give our full recommendation uh, for Superman Space Age. But let's get into spoilers right now. Okay. So the what I find this book did. What I was interesting about this book that that I haven't really seen others do is that it is a story of a of a, a multiverse Earth before Crisis on Infinite Earths, and so yes. it is the it is the story of the death of an Earth by the by the Anti Monitor before Crisis on Infinite Earths, and so and it's just in that way it is a it's a bottle episode in a lot of yeah. ways. So yeah, right. That's right. It's a bottle yes. of Candor episode or, you know, something. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's very minute and minuscule because it, it is only centered on itself, but at the same time, it's centered on the multiverse. And, and we get that as Clark, when he starts working at the daily planet, he takes over Lois's page, which is the, uh, uh kooks and cranks. Yes. page. <laughs> and he meets this guy named Pariah, who is the guy that witnesses the death of the multiverse in Crisis on Infinite, leading up to in the Crisis on Infinite Earth. And so he tells him, like, oh, yeah, Earth's going to end in 20 years. See ya. And and that just, like, sits <laughs> in Clark for 20 or so years. And, like, how do you live your life thinking that maybe it's going to end, maybe it's not going to end? Um, you do not know the hour, except, like, he does know the hour, sort of. Like, it's, like, 20 years mark um and so that's like that's fascinating that like you get attached to some rando earth like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have like a it's not even like earth 16 or whatever it's earth like six seven nine eight seven seven one dot d like it's just wildly out there but it it allow it's almost like the humanity angle of a story like Mm. here's this war that's happening so let me tell the the individual story of this person who's struggling, right? right. And that's kind of what the it, that's kind of what this is, and I, I I find it fascinating from from that perspective as an angle. That's just not it's just not doing. Oh, it's Superman in the '60s. It's Superman on a very particular Earth before a very particular comic event, and so it, it's allowed to comment on comics and history at the same time. It was really 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 good, really meta that way. Yeah, and it's also I feel like a love letter, and I, and this is why I love. First of all, I love you guys, but I love talking to you guys about Superman because I know you have the history behind it to back it up. And when I was reading this book, I felt like it was a love letter to the Donner Superman. It was um, that something that it's a love letter to Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you have that knowledge of the event. And the knowledge, and and with real world history as well. If you have the knowledge of the events, you know it kind of adds a deeper layer and a meaning to it. But let's say this is your first time you didn't know about Watergate, if you didn't know about JFK, if you didn't know about Christ on Infinite Earths, it works as a first time viewing. And it also works as, okay, I already know these events. I'm looking at it, like you said, from Superman's point of view. I'm looking at it from a different angle and it adds another layer. And man, like I said, I cannot wait to reread this. I I just finished it recently, and I can't wait to dive back into it again because there's it's it's one of those books that like Superman for all seasons. I think I'm gonna get something different out of it each time that I go back to it. Um, Frank, as you were kind of going through it, uh, are you um 
uh, Tim already mentioned the the Flintstones comic. Did you get a chance to check out any of Mark Russell's other work? He also did the Snagglepuss um, uh, comic, which is very highly uh, praised as well. Have you ever read any of his other work? I have. This is my first Mark Russell uh, piece, and I so I I was going in sort of not not knowing what what to expect, uh, but but I really really. I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed uh, the way he writes for Clark and Superman and Lois. Um, as as that, that's really one of the most important things for me as, yes. a, as a Superman fan when I'm reading a new story, uh, especially if it's by a writer who I've, I've never um, read their writing on on these characters before. Nailing you know Clark, Superman, and Lois is the is the most important thing for me usually. Um, and and if you can get that right, a, a lot of other things follow from that. Um, and I, I really feel like the way that he uh, writes Lois as this extremely competent, you know, very much like the Margot Kidder, yes. uh, but but maybe even you know less of like the the spelling errors and stuff, and 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 more <laughs> of the the hard nosed reporter. She's like a very accomplished reporter, right? In in mm, this yes. uh, right in, in this story too. Um, so I, I love that, and I love uh, just the the heart that that uh clark has uh and, and for both for his uh smallville family but and also for his his kryptonian family his interactions with jor-el were really really cool and um i, I just once that stuff is right a lot of other things follow and i just loved the the visuals of, of the story yes. too you know man michael allred and his wife laura allred like it's they, they have this art style that kind of it anything you throw at them that they are able to kind of change your perspective on it and they're one of those that art teams that i love seeing like i zombie and just anything that they've done together i've i've loved so when i said like i said that was what initially kind of hooked me in was this is michael allred art on superman like this is what his take on superman is so i was thrilled and i was not disappointed mm. it just th this art style is not like any other that that are out there you you completely know all red style as soon as you see it it, it reminds me of like clean jack kirby that's like the best mm, yes, right, right, right. It. yes yeah, it's uh it's got a very distinctive blockiness yes. to it mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but um but it just every character kind of pops out like especially with her colors um because she's the inker colorist right or she's just yes right yeah mm -hmm. um but there's just like there's a lot of continuity in color that she does, uh, whether on, you know, like whether with his say so or not, I have no idea. Like, so like, for instance, right at the beginning of the book, Lois is wearing like this hot pink ish mm -hmm. shirt and pants, but that's the same exact color dress that um, Martha Kent is wearing when we meet yes. her. So there's yes. a nice like continuity of like women in Clark's life mm -hmm. in some way, almost like this, like Clark, learned what he liked and didn't like from his mom as many as many people do <laughs> right yes. like how to act and not right. how to act from his father and so in a lot of ways like they're commenting on the kind of person that lois is and the kind of person that um, clark seeks out because of being raised by his parents and like that it just a visual cue is all that it it, it takes to tell you that it's, it's great yeah and all red style has always been to me that like 50s 60s pop art style that it fits so perfectly and that you know this the time period that this is set in um it just kind of brings back that 
nostalgia, even though I was not alive in that period, but it just kind of makes me feel like I get in the mood. (laughs) I'm not an eternal time traveler as I once thought uh, I once uh, projected myself to be, but I, I uh, really enjoyed this, uh, this melding of the two. And Tim, I was also surprised that there's like, a stealth Batman story in here. It's it's not advertised. You know, it's Superman, Space Age. Yep. But then there's a whole separate Bruce Wayne Batman story that is not even tied to Superman. Because when he first shows up, I'm thinking, okay, how is he going to play off of Superman? But you could even look at that as a his own separate arc that has nothing to do with Superman. So uh, what what did you think? As you and I both did a Batman podcast at one point in our lives. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the Batman element in here? I, I like it very much, not just because there's a Batman in the 60s, 70s, and 80s element to it, and the way that it addresses um, kind of um, 80s corporate mongering, like yes, the, the, right, the, right. the big business, and, mm-hmm. and fight against mm-hmm. that, and like in a world in which like you don't have to like be beholden to a lot of like you have to, you don't have to basically keep anything. Because right. um because the world's gonna end anyway. So you can kinda do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that that works more that works strongly in Batman's favor in the story. But I do like that it, it is a stealth Batman story because Batman stories are stealthy, because Batman is stealthy. Um, <laughs> but he, he it is purely in to complement like the way that Superman lives his life. Right? Because we, we get early on like the comment from Pa Kent where he says, save it quick or save it right. Where like Clark wants mm. to go off and yes, yes. save everything. And then he goes back. He's like, no, Pa, you were right. I got to take my time. But he then basically only does quick fixes, which is what his like, which is really what the story is addressing. Like, like how to be a hero in totality, as opposed to like in spurts. Right. Um, and I think that Bruce's story or Batman story is also addressing that fix it quick or fix it right. But he just can't, he has to do it from the human angle. Um, in, instead of the, instead of the, the alien angle or the superhuman angle. And mm. I liked that fix it quick or fix it right is also the, they talk about this in the book, but it's the, um, the tra- the train track, um, conundrum, you know, like you have five right. people on one track and then the guy who runs it on the other and like, do you, kill one guy with the train or do you kill the five innocent people and and it's the 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 batman superman philosophy of you know which way do you go um and they they address that in the story like batman says like of course you kill the one guy to save the five and superman says you try to save everybody and if you can't at least you're the kind of guy that does try to save everybody yes and that's but that's the but when they both die or when their final heroic acts batman's is the save the one right even if it kills you and superman's is save the all as many as you can even if you can't save everybody so they totally fulfill out their different philosophies through the story and i i like that because at a really like low like kind of generalized point that's how everybody is either you go Mm. this way on the track or you go this way Mm -hmm. on the track you're either superman or you're batman in the story yeah. like it says that there's there's a merit to being both types of mm. people like to both types of heroes it doesn't condemn one or over the other it doesn't really even make a final judgment on their actions because at the end they're both 
heroic the best way that they know how to be. And I think mm. that's just like lovely for both. And even for Lex Luthor fans who like Lex Luthor technically wins and then loses mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. I have a friend who Lex Luthor is like his favorite comic book character of all time. It's like super, like Lex Luthor is like Lex is the guy. And oh, so wow. I just love that for him. He gets like a story where like Lex wins but still loses. Yes, and, yes, yeah. That's it's wonderful. Yeah, man. And the the things that you touched on, I this is why I want to go back and reread this. There were so many quotes in here. It was so quotable. And I, uh, like a, like a bad podcaster, I did not take notes as I was reading this. I was trying to, uh, kind of complete it for this episode. Cause we had kind of a hard deadline, but there were so many ideas that I want to go back to. And there were so many quotes that like, I felt like were profound. And I said, man, I, that's something I need to take this in again. I need to, ingest this again and um the the needs of the the many versus the needs of the few mm-hmm. all of those type of ideas yeah. are I, mean, I yeah if i may interject myself for one yes. moment like, yes, so this, please. once you know the end like you know that he's going to save as many people as he can bottle them up and, and send it to an earth that is untouched mm. and can re and can restart i mean sadly in some way also to just like inevitably disappear anyway because because everything gets mushed into crisis, but yeah. it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to think about that part. No, it's fine. But, but when, when Clark like meets Jorel and everything, he asks, like, like, how am I supposed to save the world? It's such a complete mess. How am I supposed to save everybody? And Jorel says, Nobody saves the world. The best you can hope to do is help people survive it. And that is also like so it's save it quick or save it right from one dad and and help people survive as best you can and put your and like put your hands together and you get superman yeah and it is yes. like that without both pa and jor-el you don't get superman like you you need both of their philosophies yes. for him to be complete yes. and on top of that like if you know the end you can it's like all of like the it's like a mystery, like all the foreshadowing is right there in like yeah. what is inevitably going to be his final decision to, to in how to save in how to save the entire world. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. And there's so much to unpack. And even in the the Paul Kent storyline, like as far as I remember, um, you two may have more um, background knowledge than I do, but I don't remember seeing Paul Kent's either his war journals or like anything before the farm anything before discovering baby kal-el i don't remember any storylines of showing a a younger paul kent and this scene you know when he's in the war and how that changes him like it i love the the impact of the experiences on the man and then what he passes down to his son and then man tim even when you were speaking just now it made me think of the parallels of this Superman becoming the Jor-El and passing along his one, like, although he's saving everybody, um, saving all of Krypton's knowledge and passing it on to Kal-El. And then now Kal-El's taking all of Earth's knowledge and then passing it along. I love these parallels. I love the uh, the continuity between these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um Frank, it was even, it was even interesting oh, before, before you go to. Sorry, Frank, yes. I want to cut you off. Before <laughs> you're you good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> I think, like, 
Superman chooses to save everybody by, you know, preserving them, but he does that by saving everybody. If it, because like his thing is like, I'm going to cure every disease mm-hmm. you do it. It's free. It's like universal health care at its finest. Um, <laughs> and like, and, and like, they don't even know that's them saving the, that they don't even know that's him preserving them. Right. So he's like saving right. them. Like, no, willingly twice. and like unknown twice. He said right. it twice. Yes. Um, and that's like something that, like, it's like almost like one for Pa and one for Jarrell, mm. you know, mm-hmm. in some yes. ways. Yes. Like, save yes. it quick or save it right, you know, save everybody on Earth at that moment and then preserve everybody the Jarrell style of, of saving everybody. Um, right. But uh, I lost my train of thought. So go ahead and ask. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I love that recurring uh, joke of the, you know, I, I stopped that asteroid that one time, yes. remember that? Like, that over and over again just made me laugh, and the humor of the book, as well as kind of the insight into humanity, was another thing that I kind of loved, and that very much felt like a, a Grant Morrison, like, it, there's, like, shades of All-Star Superman to me in this as well, yeah. of, like... The, that idea of curing everyone yeah. and using his super intelligence, which is one of my, I, I, my, I might've said this in another podcast before, but one of my most like criminally underused superpowers to me is super intelligence. And when I was always growing up, I always thought of Superman as like one of the smartest characters in DC. And I don't ever see him portrayed as that. So anytime I see him showing off his intelligence. I'm like, yeah, that's Superman right there. That's the, that's the guy that I love. But um, Frank, was there anything like any motifs in this that you really enjoyed or, or picked up on that, that, um, that kind of stood out to you as like, Oh yeah, that's not something I would have thought of coming into this book. Like my expectations of space age, like this, the the title space age, space age. uh, Yeah. So I actually, I, I kept thinking it was called Superman Silver Age. Like I, I that, that was what, how it was lodged that, in my brain. So yeah. I, I went That makes in, more sense. Right. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. I guess that's why my brain just sort of replaced that. Yeah. <laughs> the word. Right. But, uh, but I, so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be like a Silver Age tale, which I guess it kind of, you know, started, it starts in the Silver Age. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I went in with that expectation. Um, But I, I, throughout, throughout this, the whole story, I was picking up lots of, uh, lots of references to to things from from throughout like Superman history, and that that, yes. that those are the things that I'm always looking for, right? Yes. Like, yes, uh, you mentioned you mentioned how uh, we had like uh, Superman seventy eight overtones, right? I mean, the fortress has the the crystal structure and everything. Um, Perry White's office at one point it was mm. towards the beginning. I think it's it's when Clark takes over the kooks and cranks column mm-hmm. perry white's office is a replica of the office from the <sighs> adventures of superman tv show yeah. uh, like <laughs> i, I that, that's such a hyper specific like that has to be on purpose because it is oddly specific mm. uh but, but you know those, those things carry carry throughout um i, I just I, I love i love seeing those things pop up i love the the, the humor uh it's it is it's a funny, like it, it touches on some really serious and, and, and meaningful themes, but it's also a funny story and, and, yes. and uh, the characters are funny and um, yeah, things like the, the, I, I just saved the earth from an asteroid. Like yeah. 
that that <laughs> popping up over and over again uh the way that that uh, lois and clark uh, sort of uh, banter um i i i really I love the way that they 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 use humor, even the sort of ironic, like, oh, he says we're about to be invaded by a bunch of uh, insects or something, and then it's oh, yes, on the Ed Sullivan yes, show. Yes, like, yes, yes. I even like and, the like twist on the like, um, oh, Lois, I'm Superman. She's like, yeah, I know, I'm the reporter yes. that broke Watergate. Like, yes, <laughs> so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that gave me. Um, I, I sent you both kind of a preview of the thumbnail art that I'm going to use in here. And it gave me very much Forrest Gump vibes um, at the beginning of kind of these miraculous like events, you know, like all of these things are happening and we all have the knowledge of uh, the future and say, oh, yeah, that's the, that's this. That's this huge event. Well, while they're going through it, they don't know that's going to be oh Watergate. That's going to be all of these giant things. And I kept on thinking like, oh, man, you placing Superman, this amazing character into all of these events of our real world. And just like with Forrest Gump, that's what I thought when I first watched it, made it kind of captivating of, Hey, he's just kind of a lowly guy and extraordinary. He's a ordinary man, but extraordinary things and events are happening to him. And Mm -hmm. so this is an extraordinary man and extraordinary things are happening to him. But I, I just really love that that lens of seeing all of these things through that. And the the Beatles, they like that killed me when I, when I put two and two together and it like (laughs) clicked. Um, Did you guys like the other portrayals of these popular DC characters like Brainiac or like the, I'm assuming it's Barry Allen flash. Um, they don't say anything that would make me think it's Wally West or any other flash. Well, but, it's um, the, crisis. So it would argue. Oh, right. Yes. That's right. Barry. That's right. Bear. Yes. Right. right. I mean, his costume was Barry's too, but yes. Um, um yeah. The yeah. There's a bunch of those jacket. type of things. And I think this, this might be one of my new favorite Joker stories of all time. Mm. His kind of origin and the way that he becomes the Joker um, I, I really love that even the way he gets his scars and, um, his element of chaos and how he has nothing that you can take from him. And there's nothing like that scene in, uh, the dark Knight when he's trying to interrogate him and he's trying to use brute force and there's nothing like Batman can do to, to, to get at the Joker. Like you have nothing, you have no leverage. You have nothing that you can hold up against him that he cares about. And this Joker was the same way. I just, I love that. So uh, I'll ask Tim first, did you have any favorite DC um, other DC characters, this interpretation, or maybe even ones that you didn't like, like the Hal Jordan. Um, Were there any other DC kind of characters that you picked up on in this? Mm, uh, Apart from, um, I well, we've already talked about Pa a little bit, but I really like yes. Pa Kent yes. in this. I mean, he's like almost quintessentially Pa, even like although he's kind of jokey in a way that Pa mm-hmm. always, isn't always jokey. Like when, mm-hmm. when he's yes. chucking corn in, in Clark's like, and he's yeah. like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, is then Clark's like, these are my work clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> yes. But you said like for it's like that reminds you of Forrest Gump. This <laughs> is Clark being yes. like, yes. uh just yes. being like, ah, I used to stay laughs like shucking corn. Like, <laughs> you yeah. never know what yeah. porch you're going to leave or something. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. I didn't, um, truth, I, I didn't love 
Wonder Woman in mm. this story. She feels kind of I, I can't I, there was there was some panel that I read. I can't I, I should have saved it and I didn't, but I read it and I was like, mm, that didn't feel right. That didn't mm-hmm. feel like Diana to me. The rest of it right. is good. Like, but um, you know, and she tells them like you don't fight fire with fire, you fight darkness with light or Yeah, I did like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like that. Yeah. Like stuff like that, I really liked. Um, no, I don't really think there was anything because even Hal being so brash and being like, "No, sir, I think they're going to fight first, and we have to fight back." Like, that's Hal to me. Like, mm-hmm. so there really wasn't. I mean, it's like army straight through and through. Um, there really wasn't anybody in here that I kind of wrinkled my nose at, which is what I think. What you can take liberties with all these characters. Um, and they still feel like themselves, like mm-hmm. like I, like Lex kind of doing a thing, killing millions of people, and then being like, "I could probably get off." Like that, <laughs> that was awesome. Like that's right. so that was so Lex to me. Like and then mm-hmm. him feeling like, "You're a bunch of idiots." Like I'm gonna yeah. do this myself. And um, no, it was it was all good. I think you're, you're right about the Joker. Um, like I think the Joker. In some ways, the Joker is more effective in other media because mm. you can insert him for knowing that he may never return. Like you mm. can cause like absolute awfulness, and, yeah. you know, and know right. that might never have to be topped by that character again. Like in the comics, right. it's always got to come back. He's going to one up right. himself, and it's a continuing story. But mm-hmm. for this, for this character, it like. This is the first time the Joker appeared, and it is clearly the worst thing that Batman's ever gone through, you know. In like, right. because they're always like, "Oh, it's for science on the same coin," blah blah blah. You know, like whatever mm-hmm. things he says. But in this yeah. case, he is. <laughs> it is like it's it's scarring and loss and um and like the train track. Like you will what like I will do anything for I will I will kill everybody on the train track, right? And it won't it won't matter to him. Um, and, uh, you know, for Batman to be the opposite of that, but in this one, Batman is also like this agent of chaos in a way that he's mm-hmm. not, he's not normally like, he's like, I'm going to blow up Wayne enterprises. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering where they were going with that. Was it just to kind of, was it to sow this seed of distrust in the public with Batman? Like I was, I was trying to figure out what is the angle and I don't his, know if that ever. His angle is taking out the 1%. And there's no better mm. example than to clear out your own first. I think that's mm. what they were going for because he's like, okay. where Superman's like, Superman's fighting ideals, right? Mm-hmm. Batman mm-hmm. is very concerned about the common people and right. like, like the, the socialism part of it, mm-hmm. where like, you know, like Superman used to be a socialist hero and Batman was a capitalist hero, right? That's the Grant right. Morrison thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but so this is Batman fighting capitalism by fighting his own capitalism. It reminds mm. me of the year one scene where he like breaks into Falcone's dinner party and he's yes, like, gentlemen, yes. you've eaten well, you know, yes. you've eaten Gotham spirit and so far. But in this case, mm-hmm. he's like, instead of just scaring you, I am literally going to burn down <laughs> the right. house that you're yeah. in to prove my point. My house, which is the Adam West 60s mansion. Um, mm, it yes, is, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. which was great. Um, and so, um, so I, I, so I, yeah, I liked all of that very much. Also, Batman subtly just changing his costume through the entire, like every time he reappears, his costume is slightly different. And I loved that. Just yes. like, yeah, just always tweaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 
Frank, was there um, any DC characters that you kind of yes. uh, pariah or, you know, any of those? Pariah took me by complete surprise, right? So I loved, I loved that and the whole, the whole crisis uh, way that we went. Like that, that was. I want to see that used some more. Like I want mm. a Batman story about a Batman on another Earth, right? And I mm. want, I want them to to explore that whole world, you know, because that there's there are so many fun stories you can tell that way. Yes, um, I would love to see them do this uh, again. Uh, but I, I loved seeing. My two favorite Green Lanterns are Hal Jordan and John Stewart, and I got ah, both of them in this story. Yes, yes. So I was I was pretty thrilled with that. Uh, I nice. was not expecting to to have uh, the Hall of Justice appear. Oh yeah, uh, you know, yes. like yes. that that was super fun. Not a character, yes. but it's a, a character in its own way. Right. Uh, just just love that. And that's what I'm I'm saying. Of I love talking to you both because I know you have the history, and I know those references mean something to you rather than if this was somebody's first ever Superman book, they can still enjoy it. But I think having that, the knowledge and the the history of all these characters and um, various Superman stories, it, it just gives you that uh, extra layer of depth. And yeah, I, I love having that. Actually, I thought so, of somebody that I did not take to you. Frank said it, you said John Stewart and not that his characterization was wrong, but he wore a mask and I very much. Oh yeah. That. Because when you first meet John Stewart, he's like, I got nothing to hide. And he takes off the mask. And that's why he doesn't wear it. He's like, this is who I am. They're going to see me coming for who I am. It's a really powerful statement. And so it's odd that, like, it's 60s to 80s. You've got, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. everything is everything from the 60s, 70s, and the 80s up until today about race. And, and, that's, and he's wearing a mask. I just, um, mm, I did not, I did not take to that. That was probably the one bit of characterization where I thought was, it's like a really minor, in some ways it feels like a minor detail, but like, I think it's such essential to his character to not mm. wear a mask. So it is kind of weird that he takes it off and they, there's no mention of it. There's no, like, it's like one of the last panels that you see of him and he's just like, all right, I'm in the background and he's talking to Flash about are are you bored? Am I boring you? And he and he's putting together the ship in the bottle. And then the next panel, he's explaining the multiverse and he's got the mask off, but they didn't make a big deal about hmm. it. So maybe that's another like if you know, you know. If you know the the background of the character, um, that's something that you can pick up on. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting the way that they did that. And I think for me, the Barry Allen um just i felt like he was a little bit removed um didn't feel as as warm as i i normally feel with Barry of he felt like oh everything is boring like you guys are so slow and i don't like he didn't feel like he was affecting anything in the story it was just all right i'm here to give clark the inspiration for putting everybody in a glass little little tiny glass well, isn't that affecting the story though well and all the bombs on Brainiac ship. Plasma. Yes, that's true. That's uh, true. true. Yeah, she does have um, a major impact on the story. It yes, very subtle and in the background. I wanted it in my face. I wanted Barry Allen to be using the Speed Force, but this is a Superman story, so I I understand. Um, but yeah, this I think the the entire encapsulation of this story um, is one that, like I said, I want to revisit this one 
often and come back to it. I think this is one of those ones I'm going to put on the shelf and just kind of revisit every so often, kind of like Watchmen, where it's like, all right, every time I come back to it, there's something new that I'm getting out of this. And um, I've had the other Mark Russell books in my library, but I have just, like I talked about, I just haven't had the time to get to them. I think I'm going to move them up on my list now. Uh, Flintstones and Snagglepuss in particular, um, because I I grew up loving the Hanna-Barbera cartoons and characters. So those are going to be moved up on my list. And you know what? This is a, a beer with geeks collaboration. And I forgot to tell everyone I have two beers. Uh, one is a regular A&W root beer and one is a zero sugar A&W root beer. And I got it. So I got these specifically to drink with my beer with geeks friends. And I didn't even pour it in this episode, but I wanted to make a note that I did that. So, um, you know, I could talk to both of you for hours about Superman, about DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and we will talk for hours in the future. Uh, my my son, I can hear him uh, trying to get in the door, and uh, I, I must attend to him. But I'm very happy that both of you uh, were able to join me today. Thank you very much. Uh, Frank, can you tell the the viewers and the listeners where you we can hear your dulcet tones along with the booming voice of the Ganon. Yeah. Beerwithgeeks.com is the, is the easiest, easiest way to, to find us every week. I got to tell you guys every week. Uh, well, I, I always tell you anyway, I text you whenever I'm listening to a new episode, it's just like, I'm hanging out with my friends and we're all talking, even though I'm not participating in the conversation. I'm just, I'm, I love hearing both of your thoughts on pop culture, religion, history, teaching the world education humanity i love hearing both of your thoughts so everyone if you loved what you heard in this episode i want you to go over to beerwithgeeks.com and subscribe listen they've got a patreon everything you want to do to support these men do it because thought bubble audio is a fantastic company um thank you very much my friends uh for joining us mr gannon uh you get the last word on Superman Space Age. Um, somebody who has maybe not listened to anything we've said, they just fast forwarded to the end right now. Tell them why they should read Superman Space Age, Mr. Cannon. Tell us why, why? Because there's a recurring motif that Clark just can't find a good glass of milk. And yes. without ever talking about it, it says that he misses home. Ooh, and the yes. best way to get there is a good glass of milk. And so instead of a beer or even a root beer, why don't you go have <laughs> yourself a glass of milk with Clark? <laughs>